If you would, please turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34. I believe it's on page 722 in the Bibles in the chairs in front of you if you need one. I'm not going to read the whole chapter right now. It's lengthy, but we did read the middle portion earlier. But just to remind you where we are this Advent season, we are have a sermon series through ancient Christmas, looking at these prophecies that we find in the Old Testament that point forward to the incarnation of Christ. And this morning we find ourselves in Ezekiel 34 in the first 10 verses. We see here that Yahweh God calls Ezekiel to prophesy against the shepherds of Israel for their failed leadership of the people. And then in our scripture reading earlier in the service, verses 11 through 24, we see where God himself declares that he will be their shepherd and he will indeed appoint a shepherd. And so now let me read verses 25 through 31, the rest of the chapter, to see these great promises of God here in his word. This is the word of the Lord. Here now it's reading. I will make with them a covenant of peace. And banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and will send down the showers in their season. And they shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield its increase and they shall be secure in their land. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them. They shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations, so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations." And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and your word that perhaps takes us to unexpected places this morning, and the prophet Ezekiel. And Lord, as we read it, as we study it, as we apply it to our lives, by the Holy Spirit, would you give us wisdom and help us to see the truth here for our lives, that we may know Christ more, for it is in his name that we pray, amen. Again, thus far in our sermon series on an ancient Christmas has taken us to Genesis 3.15, where we saw the promised seed of the woman who would come and rescue God's people from sin and evil. And then last week, we went to Isaiah chapter 9, to a child who would be born and who would establish a government of peace, peace between God and man. And now today, these ancient Christmas promises, they just keep getting better. They just keep getting more wonderful. Kind of like maybe you remember when you were a child on Christmas morning and you're your parents would bring out the Christmas gifts. And, and just when you thought that the gifts were done, there might be a few more surprises that, that show up. 
and that joy that fills us. Well, there's one more great promise this morning for us here from Ezekiel. This next gift to us from God our Father is the promise of a shepherd, of a shepherd king who will feed us, who will seek us out, who will bind up the injured, who will strengthen the weak, who will administer justice and peace. A good shepherd is promised to us. This is a wonderful story here in Ezekiel 34 about a a shepherd king. I can't wait to tell you all about it. But before we parachute into Ezekiel chapter 34, if you're like me, maybe you've never studied Ezekiel much. And so you need to understand what's going on in this prophetic book named after the prophet Ezekiel. Before we dive into this ancient Christmas promise of a shepherd, we need to understand the context of what's going on here through which this promise of a great shepherd comes to us. It's about 600 B.C., and it's perhaps Israel's darkest hour, especially as Ezekiel tells us that he has a vision that he saw the glory of Yahweh God departing the temple departing from Israel, departing from Jerusalem in chapter 10. This is a stark reminder of how devastating it is when God's presence leaves his people. Ezekiel is a young man among the exiles in Babylon, and the Lord God came to him in a vision to prophesy against the people of Israel because their transgressions against Yahweh their God were great. And now God was going to judge them. And so this sets Ezekiel up to be a prophetic book in which God will show the judgment that he will bring upon Israel and upon those who are unfaithful to him. And so if you read through Ezekiel, you see that it has a lot of apocalyptic literature, a lot of apocalyptic imagery. And it demonstrates the great judgment and the doom that will come upon Israel because of their sin and their idolatry. Israel's idolatry and their covenant-breaking and injustice cause Yahweh's God's glory to leave his temple. And so divine judgment comes upon the nation, and then heartbreaking news arrives in chapter 33. Jerusalem has fallen. The center point of God's people, of the nation, of the presence of God was no more. It had been conquered. It had fallen. And now in chapter 34, here of Ezekiel, we find that one of the big ways that Israel had failed to keep the covenant, had had failed to maintain faithfulness to Yahweh their God is because of their failed leaders. They had poor leaders. And so chapter 34 of Ezekiel is a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. So here in Ezekiel 34, the idea of a shepherd is symbolic of a ruler. And that is common throughout all of the Old Testament. These shepherds in Ezekiel 34, they're they're the kings or the leaders of Israel to which God is referring. And they were called shepherds because that was supposed to be emblematic of their of their rule. They were to be like shepherds, leading and feeding and caring for their people. They were to be like shepherds who nurtured their flock, protecting them, 
rather than being faithful and good shepherds to the people, they are evil, and they're only concerned about themselves. They are described in Ezekiel 34 as some of the most selfish people you have ever seen. Instead of feeding their sheep, they, they feed on the sheep, meaning taking advantage of them. This is the context of verses 1 through 10 in Ezekiel. Yahweh God is against the shepherds because they have failed the people and they have failed God in their leadership. And so Yahweh God resolves to rescue his people from these failed leaders. I think that's important for us to think about today. I think it's a good warning for us today when we too are surrounded by leaders in all kinds of contexts who are only concerned about themselves. Not that all leaders are bad, but I, I strongly believe in this doctrine called total depravity. And this biblical truth that tells us that our default state, that our hearts are naturally bent toward evil and sin apart from a supernatural intervention from God, apart from God's work in our lives, you and I and every leader who has ever lived will always default to looking out for ourselves. That's our default position apart from the grace of God. And so the, the warning from, for us here from this passage is to make sure that we choose leaders and that we look to leaders who are servant-hearted, and want to glorify God. Those are the type of leaders, the type of shepherds that we need. But back to Ezekiel. This is a grim picture, is it not? And the question now remains, is God done with Israel? Is he fed up with his people? Will his glory return? Is there any hope? This is where Ezekiel 34 picks up and offers us in verse 11 and following great hope that God's promise of a Messiah king through the line of David will come. And he will come and rescue his people. In this message of hope is found yet another warning, though, of judgment. The shepherds of Israel, the, the leaders of Judah, have only looked out for themselves. They were not true shepherds. The world is full of bad shepherds, but the true and better shepherd that is coming into the world has come in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the midst of this bleak picture of just plain bad leadership, Yahweh God comes and he makes one of these great, big, gigantic, awesome promises. Look there with me in verses 23 and 24. This is, this is key to this whole passage where this wonderful ancient Christmas promise comes where God says, And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, and he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken." This is it. This is why we're studying this passage. This is the ancient Christmas promise of a good shepherd who would come and feed God's people. And so that's what Christmas is about. 
It's about the coming of the shepherd king. And so as we work our way through this, this chapter, I want you to notice three things that God says he will do. Three things God said he, w- he will do in this passage. Number one, he says he will be their shepherd. Number two, he says that he will appoint a shepherd. And three, he says he will fulfill the covenant that he's made with them as their shepherd. Let's look briefly at these three things. The first is God says that he will, he will shepherd his people. And that's what he proclaims over and over and over in verses 10 through 17. If you'll kind of glance through there. Yahweh God promises that he would shepherd the people himself. The, the bad shepherds, they were, they were selfish. They, they were terrible leaders. They were only concerned about themselves. But now, notice how God flips that around and kind of turns it on its head. And he demonstrates his radical selfishness. Notice God's radical, selfish love for his sheep in these verses. Let me just glance at a few of these in verse 10 where he says that he's against the shepherd. He says, I will rescue my sheep. Verse 11, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I will bring, I will gather, I will feed. I myself will be their shepherd. I will seek the lost. I will strengthen the weak. I will destroy those who are unjust. You see that over and over and over. Remember, again, verses 1 through 10 were an, was an indictment on the leaders of Israel. They were terrible leaders, worthless shepherds. Because, again, all they did was care about themselves. They were radically selfish. Instead of feeding on the sheep, instead of feeding the sheep, they feed on the sheep. They take advantage of them. And this time, instead of another failed leader being chosen by God, God says, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be their shepherd. You see, our selfishness always turns out for bad, doesn't it? Every time we're thinking only about ourselves and what advantage we may have in life, it never turns out for good. But God's selfishness, His radical selfishness always turns out for our good. Think about that. God is is obsessed with His glory. In his honor. But it's always for our good. And as their, as their shepherd, we need to notice what he is going to do for them. Notice what this good shepherd does. He says, he is going to rescue them. He's going to seek them out. He's going to gather them. He's going to feed us. God is the shepherd of his people. What a great promise that we have here from God. This is the perfect example of what the psalmist declares in Psalm 23, that Psalm of David. We know in Psalm 23 he's pointing to this this shepherd that that is much greater and much more wonderful than anything we've known thus far. And so David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And here God declares, I am the good shepherd. And so that's the first thing we see is that God, he himself will shepherd us. 
But notice here, secondly, in verses 23 through 24, that God will appoint a shepherd. He is their shepherd, and he will appoint a shepherd. What does he mean by that? Every hero that we might identify in the Bible is nothing but a foreshadowing of the hero who is to come, the hero that we need. And in verses 23 through 24, we get to the heart of this ancient Christmas prophecy where we see that Jesus is the shepherd that we need. He is the hero. He is the son of David that God appoints to be our good shepherd. And so this is how this promise is fulfilled. This son of David, this servant of David, this one who would come and feed God's people and be their true and one and only shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ who became incarnate at Christmas time. Jesus knew this. He's eternal God. And this is why he proclaimed in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for my sheep. This is why Jesus is the good shepherd. And we realize on this side of the birth of Christ that he is the promised shepherd who God has appointed to lead and rescue his people. And it's appropriate for us to ask right now, for us to think about this at Christmas time. Who are you letting shepherd you? You know, we're all sheep, and we're, so we're all being shepherded. We're, we're all being led in some way. So who are you letting shepherd you? It's a big question that we need to ask right now. If a shepherd is one that guides and leads you and feeds you, then who is that for you? Is the television through the news and TV shows, is that your shepherd? Is it social media and how affirmed you feel on those platforms, is that your shepherd? Is it your political hopes and dreams? Is it the government? Are you letting those be your shepherd? The Incarnation teaches us that the world is a bad shepherd. Everything of the world will let you down every single time. Jesus is the greater shepherd. He is the only one who has died for you. He is the only one who has laid down his life for you. He is the only one who has scattered the wolves away. He is the Shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep, who has secured his love for us. And so the reason why we're, we're studying this passage, the reason why this passage is such a, a great Advent passage, a wonderful thing for us to meditate on at Christmas time, is because it's anticipatory in nature. This, this promise of a, of a shepherd kind of leaves us anticipating 
one who would come and who would lead us and who would, who would shepherd us. And we know that it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has come at Christmas time. But our anticipation doesn't just stop at the birth of our Lord. We anticipate his second coming when he returns. The Apostle John picks up on this in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 7 it says, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This good shepherd is coming again. He's the lamb who is on the throne. And he will feed us. He will lead us to streams of living water. Jesus is the great shepherd leader that we need. But finally, let's look in verses 25 through the end of the chapter. We'll see that God promises that he will keep the covenant. He will establish the covenant as their shepherd. He says in verse 25, I will make with them a covenant of peace. This is the Christmas covenant. This is the great promise that is fulfilled through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. God will establish a covenant of peace with his people and he will be their great shepherd. And he will appoint this one true shepherd who in fact guarantees the covenant. He promises that it will be fulfilled because God always keeps his promises. And that is why he says in verses 30 through 31, And they shall know. They shall know because of what he does as their good shepherd, that I am the Lord their God and with them. And that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord. So this is the old promise renewed. This is the old promise repeated. The Lord declares, I am your God and you are my people. And I am the one who makes it so, he says, because I am the promised shepherd. What a wonderful God that we worship and adore who makes all his great gifts and promises come to pass because he does it himself. He is the one who establishes the covenant. Some of the central characters that we we celebrate at Christmas time are the shepherds, aren't they? You know, know, whenever the Christmas play comes around and the parks are, are, are picked, right? You know, I didn't really want to be Joseph, right? He's just kind of standing there just... Letting Mary and Jesus have all the spotlight. But the shepherds, I mean, that kind of sounded cool. You get to hold a staff. You might get to hit your brother with it. The, the shepherds, right? We, we, we like the shepherds. But, you know, 2,000 years ago, if you told people, what's your profession? I'm a shepherd. They go, oh, oh what are you going to do when you finish with that? <laughs> no, shepherds were not necessarily the prized employment of the ancient world. But they were the first ones to hear the good news, weren't they? They were the ones abiding in the fields, watching over the flock by night. And suddenly, the heavenly host appeared. The glory of God shone all around him. And the angels proclaimed to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest. 
and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And little did they know, little did they know that when they arrived at that manger scene, that they were going to meet the promised shepherd of Ezekiel. Perhaps they got, the, they got it first, right? This is the good shepherd. This is the promised shepherd. The shepherd we need is God. And God has appointed his son, Jesus Christ, to be our shepherd. Again, we live in a day and age where the world offers many things and many people that say, I'll be your shepherd. I will help you. But there's only one good shepherd. And there's only one shepherd we must follow and allow to lead us. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We must believe in Jesus. That he is the good shepherd. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this ancient Christmas promise that points us to Jesus, that reminds us that he is the good shepherd, that he is the one who feeds us, that he is the one who, who leads us, who, who rescues us, who, who binds up our wounds, who, who heals us, who seeks us, who strengthens us, who, who destroys our enemies. And we thank you that all of these good and precious promises have been guaranteed by you, O Lord, our God. Help us to look to Jesus. We pray that he would shepherd us and lead us every day. For it is in his name we pray. Amen.